joining the guys every Friday is college football historian and Vegas legend Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insiders, CBS Sports, and his own website, BAMSports.net. With over 30 years on Memphis Radio, with handicapping and sports talk, here's Bruce Marshall with Bryant and Brett. Bruce Marshall joining us from Vegas Insider, CBS Sports, and BAMSports.net. Uh, excited to get into all the football for the weekend, but I do have uh, this baseball game that's about to start pulled up, Astros versus Rangers. So, Bruce, before we get to any football, what have you made of the postseason this year in Major League Baseball? A little inside out, but that's sort of, for the Astros, that's sort of the way it went this year. I mean, it's hard yeah. to believe this team, 39 and 42 at home, 50 and 51 and 30 on the road. It's played out that way in the playoffs. They're 1 and 3 at home, 4 0 on the road. Uh, thus far, this series looks a lot like the 2019 World Series when Houston lost the first two at home, won the next three at Washington, and then lost the last two at home. Home field has not mattered. Um, and, and Verlander's pitched pretty well in the postseason here. Houston got a look at Montgomery. Montgomery looked good. Uh, the last uh, in, earlier in the series, uh, he had a little bumpy outing at Baltimore. But I'm going to play this trend and and give Houston another look here. Uh, now I don't know if they're going to be able to carry this through at home. That's how inside out this season has been for them. But uh, today, I you know on the road, I'll take them. I like it. I like it. So the Astros today on the road, they've looked much better on the road uh, than at home, really all year. That like is you weird. Said. That is very weird. Because batting last should really matter, shouldn't it, Bruce? Yeah, and it's just, I mean, we've seen this before from Houston, though, and it's sort of confounding because mm-hmm. <laughs> it goes against normal uh, principles here. But, I mean, that's, I'll tell you, when a team on the run, I, I actually backed them the last couple nights, and I just, you know, this team in this spot, I like them. I don't know that I, if they win tonight, I'm not sure, I'll, or today, I'm not sure I'm going to do it in game six and seven with them, though, but for whatever reason, they seem to play better on the road. Wow, Bruce, this story out of Michigan, they're almost making this guy out to be one of the Watergate burglars. I mean, hmm. this guy's like E. Howard Hunt or somebody. So far, the only pictures of him is something really controversial like him on a sideline at Michigan. Yeah, this is a weird story here in sign stealing and all that. And we think, you know, the Astros built Belichick years ago doing it. And what this is weird. I mean, Harbaugh's denied it. And who knows this Bell supposedly doing it. It's just so, it's so off the wall, and I, I almost think it's like silly season now. You just plant one of these stories out there, and somebody did this, and it hoping maybe to make it a distraction for Michigan. I can't envision that there's much to this thing or not, but uh, we'll see if it's a distraction. I mean, it's uh, the, the the home stretch is coming up for Michigan, not necessarily tomorrow. A, t- a game they should win against a really struggling Michigan State. But they still got uh, Penn State and Ohio State to come. So uh, maybe uh, they're hoping, somebody's hoping this distracts uh, Michigan. We'll see. We'll see tomorrow morning at the Horseshoe in Columbus, a third-ranked Ohio State, a five-point favorite at home over Penn State. It's time for James Franklin to win one of these games. And we say that about every year, and he still hadn't won any of them. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the last time he won, beat Ohio State was 2016, early in his tenure, so that's seven years ago. And uh, uh, that was the one big year he had at Penn State. He's had some other good years. And they're on a nice streak. I mean, what, 13 in a row since last mid-last season, and they haven't lost the spread decision in that uh, 
stretch either. But, I mean, the schedule has broken pretty well for them. Um, I don't think beating Iowa at home is really that much of an achievement. They did struggle some at Illinois, and there's one semi-serious road test thus far. So this is obviously Aller's, Drew Aller's biggest test uh, yet. My feeling on Ohio State is, I mean, if we're going to get the Buckeyes, you might have had to get them, unless you're Michigan, you maybe had to get them the first half of September because of the last month or so they have really picked up the pace and McCord looks a lot more confident. I think it was that Notre Dame game, and in retrospect, looking back, I mean, his poise under pressure, I mean, he looked totally unflappable in the uh, l- the last drive there of the game, and there's, you can't really coach that. I mean, it just, it's just either got it or you don't. So I'm sure Ryan Day was really happy. Obviously, what happened in uh, that game, and since then, they've kept rolling. Purdue ain't all that bad, and they made Purdue look pretty, pretty weak last week. So uh, I, I think you know, once again, until James Franklin wins one of these within recent memory against the, the big boys, the Big Ten, these guys in particular, I'm not taking Penn State. 31-21 Ohio State. I'll lay the short price with the Bucks tomorrow at the Horseshoe. I like it. Ohio State at home. All right, Bruce, uh, here locally, the Tigers uh, are on the road down in Birmingham against UAB, but Memphis, a uh, seven-point favorite on the road. I remember uh, last year um, you talked a lot about the Tigers on the road and some struggles they had in road games. What do you like uh, between Memphis and UAB tomorrow in Birmingham? Well, I want to know if they refound that old trophy, the bone. Sure did. Used, oh yeah, they did. Oh, oh yeah. All right. So the bone is the bone is the backup for grabs here. Bones, plural. Uh, Ninety-one pounds of bones, Bruce. <laughs> Man, it is like uh, that is that is some kind of trophy uh, for the game. The UAB last week. I don't know. I mean, I, I seem to be zigging and zagging the wrong way with these guys. I was really down on them early when this whole Dilfer hire thing. I thought was sent way out of left field. Then they started to play better, and I thought Dilfer had a pretty good idea of his offense, what to do. And then last week it was just yeah, they sort of reverted back last week. This defense is not great, and uh, and uh, the Roadrunners made them pay for that last uh, week. Um, Memphis has. You know, played a little bit better lately on the road. Early on, certainly in the Silverfield run here, it was uh, obviously uh, treacherous for Memphis to play out on the road. They've done a little bit better with that lately. And uh, I don't think, you know, the Tulane and the, and the Missouri losses, I mean, these are teams that are probably, you know, you know, 18 to 25 ranked in the country. So I don't think that I'm going to downgrade Memphis too much for those. These are the sort of teams they can beat. Silverfield should have a field day against this defense. Higher scoring, maybe they'll go over there, uh, but uh, I think Memphis is probably the side uh, to look at. Uh, you know, forty to twenty-eight Tigers. I think they'll. I think they'll uh, outscore them down there in that new stadium in Birmingham. Let, let's keep it in the state of Alabama. Go a, a little bit southwest from where they're playing at Protective Field to Bryant Denny Stadium, third Saturday in October in Tennessee. Trying to make it two in a row over the mighty tide. Got the win last year. Celebrated wildly. They should have after breaking that long streak. Bama minus nine in the cigar game in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and I think, you know, 52-49 last year, what a shootout that was. I, I don't think they'll score half that many points tomorrow. It's just different year, different offenses. We've talked about Bama. Uh, this is more of an old-fashioned uh, Coach Saban team. I mean, it's not like uh, Bryce Young or two, uh, Matt Jones throwing the ball all over the yard. Uh, Milrow is more effective throwing uh, 20, 25 times per game. He did more than that the game they couldn't run at A&M. 
but generally that's what they do and run the football and use their defense and uh, hope Miller doesn't make mistakes. He's done a good job of avoiding that, although the passing game is not all that consistent as we saw the second half against Arkansas last week. I guess the matchup here I want to see is that cheetah defensive package of Tennessee that really brings pressure. One of the top quarterback sack uh, defenses in the country. Alabama's up there too. Uh, but we saw what they did to Max Johnson last week, really disrupted A&M. And uh, against Milrow, who's got some wheels, we'll see how this works out. I think the whole key here is if Tennessee avoids mistakes, they can stay close. And I'm not 100% sure Joe Milton's capable of doing that. I mean, he has really blown hot and cold this year. Um, but there is some big playability on that offense, and the running game has been good. Uh, but I think the total is where I would look here, and probably an under. We're seeing high 40s in the total. I don't think it gets that high. Look at these Bama score lines here, especially the last couple weeks. Uh, you know, we had these two uh, against A&M and uh, Arkansas. You have the Ole Miss game that only went 34. South Florida game only went 20 before that. That was the game no Ole Miss. But I, under was my first call there. 24-19, my score for Bama to win, maybe not cover. But I think under is probably a better call there. And that, that would get you there, and you got two incredible athletes at quarterback, but I don't know if you have two good quarterbacks playing tomorrow between Milrow and, and Joe Milton. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, Milton's a, Milton's a big guy, too. He doesn't, when you look at him, you're not, he doesn't quite see him. He's 6'5 and 240, so he doesn't mind getting out there and running. Um, you know, he's like, like Anthony Richardson size almost. Uh, but like KJ Jefferson. Yeah, the the passing has been erratic, though, for Tennessee, and that's the difference between this offense and the Hooker offense last year. Well, we've done two games in the state of Alabama. Let's stay in Alabama for Saturday night. Ole Miss travels down to Jordan-Hare Stadium to take on Auburn. Right now, Ole Miss, a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in a primetime game on ESPN. What do you like in that one? I kind of like Auburn there. and, and it's oh, wow. uh, Brett and I talked about this a little bit earlier in the week, but, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here, you know, it's uh, Auburn, the courtship of uh, Coach Kiffin after last season. Uh, Hugh Freeze angle here. A few years ago, he got to run out of uh, Oxford, back further. Coach Tuberville making the move from uh, from Vaught Hemingway to Jordan Hare. So, I mean, it's there's a lot here. Uh, this has not been an easy matchup for Lane Kiffin the last couple of years. He hasn't covered uh, one against o- uh, Auburn, 0 3 against different coaches. And, uh, uh, one and two, uh, only uh, two and one straight up, and he didn't cover that one that he won. So I'm a little uh, leery uh, laying points on Ole Miss. I'm still not quite 100% sold on Ole Miss. I know the record's been good, but a couple of those wins were kind of weird, the two-lane win and the Georgia Tech win. The score lines were deceiving. Auburn at home, maybe you can get them a look. I, it's pretty clear right now that Peyton Thorne is not the answer for them at quarterback, or at least the answer they were hoping for. I mean, I guess they'll still use him, but they did play that one game at home against Georgia very tough. Hugh Freeze has, throughout his career, has been a pretty good chaos agent. You would think he can get the team to circle the wagons with all the stuff you know, going on in this series, with the Freeze against Ole Miss and all that. I think it shapes up as a difficult game for uh, for uh, Ole Miss there, and uh, maybe they win. I don't think they cover. 30-27, to 27, Ole Miss, but I'm going to take the points with Auburn. Yeah, Ole Miss only won three times ever at Auburn, and to be favored six and a half points over 
over Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze 0 and 1 in games against Ole Miss since he was he's left Ole Miss. Remember he lost with Liberty two years ago with Malik Willis going against Matt Corral in Fayetteville tomorrow morning. Survivor pool game. Both teams 0 for in the SEC. State 3 and 3 on the season. Arkansas 2 and 5. Almost impossible for the defeated team in this game to go to a bowl game. Arkansas six point favorite. Bruce. Yeah, and uh, from what we're hearing, I mean, uh, Zach Arnett uh, could be in some trouble there. I know it's his first year, but they they structured that deal where you know he was you know sort of the bridge there after that the sad situation with Coach Leach. But uh, it is not a big buyout, um, and you would think if he doesn't make a bowl this year, Mississippi State, you know, keep an eye on that situation. I don't think all season they have used Mike Wright correctly. We saw him take a few more snaps in the last game. But it's back to what we said early on with Mississippi State. If they're not running the leech offense, um, then and you've got Will Rogers trying to run something else, you're uh, you're wasting Rogers, or you're just making the mistake here. Especially since you've got another option in right, uh, who won a couple games as a starter because of him. Vanderbilt won a couple games last year as a starter, so we haven't seen as much of that from him. I guess my question here is: Arkansas just keeps losing these games close, and you wonder how much fight. Is left in the uh, in the Razorbacks. Uh, I've I've gone back and forth on this one, but I I still think Arkansas probably here. The schedule has been pretty tough for the Razorbacks, um, and most of their efforts have been you know good. It's not good enough, but you know losing you know to some of the the top tier teams that they've lost to um, the Alabamas and the Ole Misses, and they were close in those games. That's a little bit more impressive than what Mississippi State has done. So uh, I'll take uh, I'll take the uh, the Razorbacks there. Updated score twenty eight nineteen here for Arkansas. Bruce tomorrow night uh, USC back at home after a loss last week hosting fourteenth ranked Utah. Right now USC a seven point favorite. That total sitting about fifty two. What do you like in this one? I like Utah, even though it looks like Cam Rising is not going to play again. Although we hear the same thing about him every week, you know, and, yeah. and this is really strange. You usually don't hear that uh, he might play, might play. We're six weeks now on, and that obviously that knee injury was more serious than people let on in the Rose Bowl. And uh, even if he comes back, I mean, you know, he would be pretty rusty. So it looks, I mean, Kyle Whittingham has been using the other quarterbacks. He's sort of gone back to Barnes here. They've been uh, able to score some points against Cal last week. But what has the difference here up front, I mean, they have just dominated SC and out-physicaled them. And I think they will turn this into sort of a street fight. And watching the Trojans at Notre Dame last week, I'm not sure they're built to survive a game like that. I mean, their schedule had broke pretty well for them early in the season. It got tougher last week. They failed miserably. Uh, they're, they're trying to say, well, the defensive numbers weren't that bad last week. Well, I mean, Notre Dame only had to go 25, 30 yards to score on a couple of those TD drives, which they moved in really easy. Uh, they, uh, they got a scoop and score, and they had a kickoff return, too. It was just a bad effort by SC, and you have to wonder, how good is this defense? Well, we've known that all year, that they're not that good. But up front, are they going to be able to handle Utah? They haven't the last three years. Maybe Utah plays some ball control. And how about SC's pass blocking? Uh, Caleb Williams is under some pressure. And the last couple games, I mean, have not been that easy for him. And uh, it looks like Arizona and Notre Dame sort of figured some things out on this uh, SC offense. And um, yeah, I, I had some of the body language in SC I didn't like. Last week, and oh, that Williams. whole sideline! Oh man, that was that was a ba- that was a bad look, Bruce. It was a bad look. And, L- and Lincoln the- Riley scared to death to get on yeah. Caleb Williams. He is. I think he's secretly hoping he sticks around and gets some more nil money for him next year. Another 
five million or whatever he's getting. Uh, his dad's hinted that too, but yeah, he does look scared of him. And I'm not sure, you know, Williams says Caleb's got to, when things go bad, you know, we saw that last year a couple times. I mean, he sort of panicked and, and we saw that last week. And Utah beat these guys twice last year, three times in a row they beat them and scored 40 or more each time. I think Utah gets them tomorrow. 34-31, Utah, that would not get, SC is already in desperate trouble. I mean, they're really out of the playoff conversation, I think, because they still got Oregon and Washington to come and UCLA. And I think they lose tomorrow, and then they start talking about the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl or the uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl for SC after tomorrow. Oh, that that is beautiful to hear USC uh, having to talk about the Tony the Tiger Bowl. Perfect transition to compare these two coaches because they're almost the inverse. Everybody rips Kirk Ferentz and I. When we're going to get to that I with 30 and a half over and under, and we want you to tell us historically, is this the lowest or what it has been the lowest over and under since they've been posted and you've been keeping up with it. But how come Kurt Ferentz gets all this criticism? He's six and one, just like Lincoln Riley is, but he doesn't, and there's no comparison in budgets and histories of those programs. I'm, I'm sure the people of Iowa are very nice, but you couldn't make me live up there. For one thing, my friends would call me a Yankee. Another thing, I'd freeze to death up there. So, so there's no way I would live up there, but how come Lincoln Riley with no defense doesn't get the criticism Kurt Ferentz gets with no offense, Bruce? Yeah, you're right. And uh, just for now, it was before Riley got there. But the last time Iowa played SC, it was in the Holiday Bowl a couple of years ago, and uh, Iowa romped too physical for them. It's just a different style, and it works. And they've got you know, they, it works in the Big Ten West for for Iowa. And it's easy just, to knock around the guy at Iowa. Yeah, it is, and it. But you know, he wins, and he's doing what his that's what the, the object, there, isn't it? To to win. And, yeah. and, and I was had two coaches since 79, Hayden Fry and Kirk yeah. Ferentz. Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Kentucky, Texas yeah. A&M. I bet they'd like to trade with Iowa and have two coaches over 44 years. I agree. And Ferentz is still underrated. And as we know that his son, the offensive coordinator, has got that contract stipulation. I think he's going to fall short of that 25 per game. But there was another kicker in there that Iowa had to win at least seven they're almost there already. They win this game against the Gophers, uh, which I think they will, uh, even though, you know, uh, McNamara, the quarterback, is out. So they have, they have to go with the uh, the transfer from Wisconsin. So they're playing kind of the same, though. It's just, you know, let Phil Parker's defense win the game. But uh, they're totally in the driver's seat in the Big Ten West if they win this game. And I think they probably will. One other note, uh, Ferentz has owned P.J. Fleck. Uh, since PJ got to Minneapolis, yeah. and PJ just one of the grooviest guys going. Yep, and Ferris has won every one of these Floyd of Rosedale games. So seventeen nine Iowa. As for that total, yes, this is the lowest a college total I can remember. It's like an NFL preseason total, <laughs> and it's <laughs> funny in a week where Air Force and Navy also have a pretty low total that you've got a total even lower than that one, and it's this one here. In Iowa City, but I think uh, Ference keeps that uh, magic over Fleck, I and mean, just a old style game. Iowa's the way to look. So it is the lowest ever. What if USC and LSU met in a bowl game? What would the over and under be? What would the over be in that? And what's the highest over you've ever seen? I want to say Texas Tech and Baylor. Just off the top of my head, back when Baylor, when Art Bryles was there, and uh, Tech with a 
cliff, I think, when they really, I mean, I think we had one in the 80s uh, with them. So they would be close, probably in the mid to high 70s. Uh, LSU uh, has been over 14-1. and one. SC over 14-1 and one in its last 15. So uh, there's a couple of angles uh, to look at. By the way, LSU playing Army this week. Just a, a note there. Uh, I am old enough to have been alive. I don't quite remember it. Um, probably like you, Brett. Uh, for a coach who won a national title at LSU to yes. leave Baton Rouge, Paul Dietzel. Paul Dietzel in '62. You, so, you, and you think we ever see that again? Then. No, but even then, it shows you how things have changed. Nope, that was an understandable move in 1962 because Army was still a high-profile program. So, anyway, there's a little history in that one. But no, the total for SC and LSU would be. Uh, high 70s probably, and that would be about as high as you'd get one this year. Who knows? Maybe there's some matchup out there in the Bulls. I'm not sure where it would be, but uh, maybe that's a possibility. We'll see in uh, late December, January. What was Paul Dietzel thinking? Yeah, I, <laughs> well, I think he got, I think he was a little tired of uh, what he thought Bear Bryant was getting away with at Alabama. I'll be careful how I say that, but Dietzel yes. was convinced there was stuff going on there. Yes. And uh, at that point, uh, Army was. Uh, you know, he had achieved what he could do at, at LSU, and the uh, Army was still a high-profile job then. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it made some sense then. It surprised people. but uh, It's yeah. right up there with Roy Danforth leaving Syracuse for Tulane in basketball. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's right. And that's hard. To, but uh, back then, I mean, Tulane was paying probably a little more money than Syracuse was. They were able to because it wasn't it – wasn't, it was before the big money, before the Big East started and uh, all the money. So – Guys go there, and I dare say, you know, Dietzel might have got paid more at Army than he did at LSU. That's another factor. Hard to believe that today, 1962, though, definitely possible. Wow, uh, Bruce, we gotta let you go. But before we let you go, I wanna, I wanna know, I want you to tell everybody how we can get more of you, but also uh, your favorite college football bet of the weekend. And we ran out of time before we get to some NFL games, but your favorite NFL game of the weekend as well. Uh, real quick, uh, the Chargers plus. They could play anybody they play. They'll play close. They could be playing San Jose State or the Chiefs. It won't matter. Every game is going to be decided by like three points. So I'll take the Chargers plus. And in college, I mentioned that Air Force and Navy game. Now, the Army isn't running the pure flex bone anymore. This is the last one left of option, pure option versus pure option. And these games normally have, in the past, 30 to 35 fewer snaps because the clock moves. There's no incomplete passes. And this year, the snap numbers are we bit down because of some of the clock changes, but that's, you know, 34 here. Air Force's quarterback, Larry, is out this week, and uh, Jensen Jones, the backup, struggled. Navy plays these guys tough, so I don't think this one gets anywhere near 34 in that one. For me, uh, one note this afternoon, CBS Sports HQ, you can see me on there with Kenny White about 535 Central Time today, so CBS Sports HQ, you can uh, stream that one. You can also read my stuff, bamsports.net. And my picks, as always, included these baseball games tonight and hockey. And that SMU Temple, got to pick on that, uh, vegasinsider.com. Bruce, thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next Friday. Okay, guys, thank you. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce, and have a great weekend. I know he'll knock it out with CBS Sports. Looking forward to watching that with Bruce. And the, the, the record under of all time, we're, we're, we're living it. Brian, that's good. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I love a good under. 
tell you what I always do. I always go over with how much I eat when I go to Jason's Deli. <laughs> and you can do that as well at all these great locations, like over at Ridgeway Road, at Poplar and Highland, at Olive Branch, and at Cordova. And one thing it pushes over at all those locations, the complimentary free ice cream. But the food is all healthy and good and good for you, whether it's dining in to go or delivery, wholesome food forever. It's a family thing at all this all these Jason's Deli with this group, over 200 Memphis area associates working so hard for you, the important customer, and how they do all the catering. It is a mass production, how they're set up for the catering for the jobs the next day. For any job, five or 5,000, they've got you covered. And it's all about choice at Jason's Deli. Regardless if you seek a gluten-free menu, vegetarian sandwiches, healthy kids' meals, you will be delighted at Jason's Deli. Plenty of organic food to choose from. First franchise in the nation to be trans fat free with all those great salads like the Mesa chicken salad, the big chef salad, the chicken Caesar salad, the taco salad, my favorite, and that salad bar in every location, the salad bar where you can prepare it however you would like with over 30 items to choose from there and soup season. For me, it's here with the Texas chili. That means beanless, the chicken noodle, the broccoli cheese, the tomato basil. And, and, and the chicken pot pie, all, also very good at Jason Deli in a location, I promise you, near wherever you are in our area on Ridgeway Road, Poplar and Highland, Olive Branch, and Cordova. Check them out online as well at jasonsdeli.com. Let's get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the weekend in the SEC. We'll also get to our weekend bingo card. That's next on Sports Time. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Brett, I forgot earlier uh, at 4 o'clock. Right, I did too. Um, but here we go. Ohio State. <laughs> Better late than never. Second half of the uh, fight song Friday. We did Penn State to open the show. Now we're doing Ohio State um, as they're uh, obviously uh, one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game tomorrow. I think uh, says enough that both game day and uh, Big Noon are there. Oh, wait, I.O. Um, but uh, we got to talk about the SEC right now. They can have all their fun in the Big Ten, but we got to talk o- Only SEC. five SEC games tomorrow. Very who's making Who's making Army schedule? Oh, man. Oh, man. A date with LSU in the middle huh? of October. How about that? you doing that, that far? Whew, yeah, not, uh, not what Army needed right now. 32-point favorite in, in, at Tiger Stadium and. Hey, you know, a lot, a lot of people won't play Army in the SEC and sure won't play them outside of, op- you know, around opening day or so in September because of the, 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 the chop blocking, you know, of, of, of that system. Yeah. Of, it, it's, it's not dirty at all, uh, but, you know, a lot of diving at, at your knees, but, you know, LSU, they, they are. Uh, I, I don't know if LSU is returning this game to Mikey Stadium in a few years. It, it, it should be. Uh, a trip for everybody in college football to do. I've never done it. It's at or near the top of my college football only bucket list. But Army's going to Baton Rouge tomorrow, and and Jaden Daniels is going to run all over them. He, I don't think he'll be out there long. 
No, I, I don't think uh, I don't think he'll be long, uh, out there long at all. I mean, I think it could get very ugly uh, in Baton Rouge tomorrow. Um, and Jaden Daniels, even though they have two losses, we continue to talk about him in that Heisman race. What he has done this year has really been remarkable and really fun to watch. And so I think uh, he keeps that rolling tomorrow. Well, for that that Heisman race, we could see an indicator from LSU if that matters that much to him mm. on his playing time Oh, tomorrow. that's a good point. That's a very good point. If he's if he's out there, if he makes an appearance in the fourth quarter, it's padding stats. <laughs> yeah, they're saying, well, we got to make his numbers look a little better, so we'll just keep him out there against Army and, and see what he can do. That's and, a good point. And, and LSU off the next week and then their mm. trip to Bryant-Denny Stadium. So he may play a little more than, than I first thought. The rest of the year for LSU, after tomorrow against the Army, they play at Bryant-Denny against Alabama on November 4th, then at home against Florida, home against Georgia State, and Thanksgiving weekend, home against Texas A&M. They still can win the West. Oh, yeah. Just no, they simply by, by winning out. Yeah, they, they still control their own destiny. No, you're absolutely right, and I think some people uh, kind of overlook that fact because of the two losses, but only one loss in conference to, to Ole Miss, so if they take care of business the rest of the way, you're absolutely right. They could easily be back there uh, in that conference championship game. And, and that loss to Florida State opening weekend, that Sunday night of Labor Day weekend, that fourth quarter was really imposing by FSU, and it was, it, it, it was the the sign of F, FSU's back mm-hmm. in Mike Norvell really building something. The and and I, I promise this is not my Ole Miss sensitivity at all. I, I promise it's not. But how come with every passing week since that Ole Miss win over LSU, LSU's perceptions gone up, and the question marks just keep popping up about Ole Miss, bro. Bruce had them. I have some myself. But but why does it seem like LSU came out of that game with a loss less scathed than the team that won? Yeah. I, that's a really good question. I don't know. Maybe it's... Uh, or is that sensitive on my part? I don't think so because I think you're right. But I I, I, I really have no answer for you, Brad. I'm, I'm not sure. But but that win is really holding up for Ole Miss. You know, the, the big thing for Ole Miss is, is, is they have to keep winning. Ole Miss has got to win tomorrow at Auburn. Look, only won three times ever uh, on the Plains, ever. And, and hadn't won back-to-back since 51, 52. I mean, Coach Giffen, you know, even citing, citing that, that number, those games were played in Mobile and in Memphis wow. back then. And it will be a while before uh, we come back. An- another place that – uh, tomorrow, and I think they're scheduled for next year, I think. But with this new schedule that we're going to start in 25, yeah, Alabama and Tennessee are scheduled for next year. But the new schedule we're starting in 25, you know Tennessee's not going to be Alabama's permanent opponent. Permanent's going to be wow. Auburn. Wow. The, the, it, it's, it's going to happen. There's no possibility to it. This long, uninterrupted streak, they, they missed in 43 when they technically neither place fielded a team because of World War II. So, you know, some are saying, well, even if you just use that number, since 43, they've met every year. But since they technically didn't have teams because of World War II and General Neyland mm-hmm. was very much, you know, 
doing the general thing then and not yeah. the coach thing <laughs> then. Uh, they, they've, they've played uninterrupted really since 1928. But that, that third Saturday in October, it, it, it will stop. That run will stop in a few years as we start merging all these other teams in. And, and, and that's even if we stay at eight games. If we go to nine, there's no way to, uh, or, or if we, st- if, if we stay at eight, there's no way to see. Them. If we go to nine, may see them with a little more, uh, frequency. Wow, that's. Uh, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of changes to the SEC, and uh, it, it is. And trying and, to keep up with all of them is a little, uh, a little tough. I'll be honest. Well, and, and not just the SEC. I mean, we, oh, we know, football, yeah. we know Thanksgiving weekend. That's it for a while mm-hmm. for Apple Cup. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. A lot, a lot of a lot of changes, like you said, in, in all we, college football. We know it's going to be it for Stanford Cal mm-hmm. for a while. It's yeah. going to be it for. Uh, Oregon, Oregon State yeah. for a while. Bedlam coming to an end. I mean, it's. Uh, be- be- I think Bedlam's in two weeks, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it's it's certainly coming up. Um, and, and, and 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 that's going to be it for. Uh, it, they they play on November fourth. So yeah, so just a couple of weeks away from uh, from Bedlam. Um, I guess uh, I guess Texas A and M has a week off, so uh, uh, Jimbo kind of gets a break from the uh, from the criticism for a week, maybe. That, that that tweet going around of the record after 67 games, Jeez. Kevin Sumlin, two games better at A&M than Jimbo Fisher. That's crazy, Brett. It, 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 you almost want to go check it, but it, it, it's right. <laughs> I mean, that that is insane. And I understand now Jimbo uh, kind of getting a lot more heat than uh than maybe he initially th- not not maybe than he initially thought he would get when he signed um a contract with Texas A&M but just to kind of hear that and, and kind of think of the way we think of the tenures of both of those coaches and uh it's really hard to believe and, and next week Texas A&M they're at home against South Carolina what will the crowd be like and then the following week they they come to Oxford they could really be in a mess by the time they come to Oxford, which makes it why tomorrow for Ole Miss against Auburn. I mean, if you're if you're ever going to beat Auburn at Auburn, it, this is the time for Ole Miss to do it. Yeah, it seems like this is the year, and you could say that for a lot of teams in the SEC with Auburn. I think you you think that. It, in terms of the next four or five years, this is going to be the worst Auburn team he's going to they get have. Good. He he's going to get things right over there. Um, what do you think about this game? Uh, Two thirty tomorrow. Uh, kind of living in the shadows in terms of SEC outside of Tennessee and Alabama. South Carolina at Missouri. I, mean, I think this is a very interesting game um, for really both of these teams. South Carolina. I don't think anybody thought they would have the start of the season they've had so far. It was two coaches going into this year that had a little momentum coming out of last year. I think Shane Beamer had more, yeah. especially how they finished over Tennessee and over Clemson. But it's it's been dis, it's been lost. Uh and, and now Eli Drinkwitz has the has the, the momentum and this is homecoming at Mizzou. Mm. And Mizzou popularized they fashioned, they started homecoming. That's very a very big deal for them. We were up really? there in twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, it's a very big deal. You've never seen a homecoming parade like it. Wow. And I and I and I love homecoming parades, but they really they really put it on there. It's it's very important to them. And tomorrow for Eli Drinkwitz in Mizzou to get to seven Seven and one, you know. Earlier this week, I said to Pat Smith that I think right now Nick Saban should merit some SEC Coach of the Year yeah. consideration. Most are 
are hands down giving it to Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah, well, and you know, I think I think Pat said this when we were talking to him earlier in the week. Of a lot of people thought Eli Drinkwitz could be the first coach to go in terms of, of firing if he didn't get off to a good start for Missouri. But six and one right now, ranked twentieth in the country. That only loss is that LSU team we just talked about it. And that game really, even though it was a ten point loss, that game came down to the final couple of minutes in the fourth quarter. So I've been really impressed with what uh, Eli Drinkwitz has done. But on the other side, for South Carolina, I mean, this really seems like their backs are kind of against the wall. They really need to win this game if they want to do anything this year. Yeah, this would almost blunt the momentum that Mizzou's built. That last-second big win over Kansas State, hanging on against the Memphis Tigers in St. Louis. I mean, they've really done some good things, and, and they would lose that momentum with a loss to South Carolina. They're playing for something. Is this the Mayor's Cup? In this one, the mayor, the mayors of Columbia, Missouri against the mayor of Columbia, South Carolina. I think it is. The boy, there's a lot of trophies <laughs> out there in college football right now. We'll talk a lot more about uh, Mississippi State at Arkansas at five o'clock when Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas joins us. And and again, a, a survivor pool game. Both of them over in the SEC. It's a fun time of the year, and it's truck season. In Olive Branch at All-Star Chevrolet, first exit into Mississippi on Highway 78. Take Kraft Goodman, you're there. And if you're ready for a new Silverado, you'll be at the perfect place. All-Star Chevrolet, right there in Olive Branch with deals that are perfect for you to save big money. Your good credit deserves it. Financing as low as zero. No payment for 90 days. That could be into next year before you had to make your first payment. Plus, you get a 1000 back in cash and all-star with all the Silverados. Fall road trips, tailgating, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all the holidays. The timing could not be better. Come to Olive Branch and drive a new Tahoe or Traverse. If you want a certified pre-owned Chevy or any pre-owned, you can get it there. Camaro convertibles. They have a Lexus, a Suburban. If it's not on the lot, just ask for it. And Jeff and his crew, they'll find it for you. Jeff and Kevin, they always tell me to think all of you brought your cars and your trucks to All-Star to sell, and you can get a check today, tomorrow, this weekend for some great cash. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, Bartlett, or Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Find new roads to All-Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com. Where are you on the bingo card? I told you I had a theme. You do have a theme. I, uh, I'm i going to go back to what I did last week, two in college football, two in the NFL. Before I say that, you're absolutely right. It is the Mayor's Cup they're playing for tomorrow between Missouri for, and for South a, Carolina. For $1,000, could you name the mayor of Columbia, Missouri, or Columbia, South Carolina? Uh, unfortunately, I Brett, I couldn't. And I'm not offering a 1000 no, Anybody can. No, no, no. Uh, let me get to my bingo card. Um First one, I'll start with the Tigers. I've heard some, I've seen some rumblings of this one already, kind of building up to this game, and I think we'll really see it I'm scared tomorrow. to death of it. I am too. I am too. But I'm not scared to death of this one because I think it's going to happen. Somebody not affiliated with the University of Memphis or UAB will tweet something out about the Bones. It will go around. Somebody pretty popular on Twitter will find out that Memphis and UAB are playing for a 91-pound slab of ribs, and they will tweet out about it. I love it, and I hope it gets some traction um, by some national media 
uh, tomorrow. And when I mean that, you know, there's some sites, there's some pages on Twitter that are kind of fun and do like football commentary. Mm-hmm. I think it's that. I don't think this is going to be ESPN or CBS Sports or anything tweeting out about it. I, I told those fun pages. I told David Basil when he started the boot that Arkansas and LSU plays mm-hmm. for, and and David, I mean, there were fr- friends of ours of his that were rough on him. I said, back off on this. Yeah. I mean, Floyd or Rosedale, the 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 little brown joke. Oh yeah. All of this starts somewhere. Uh-huh. The egg bowl starts yeah. somewhere. I, I I don't I don't mind the bones. I have it on my list as well. Oh, I love it. I love the bones. Uh, my second one, Michigan Gate. That's what I have I have uh, labeled. That is what I've named the situation going on at Michigan. Name Michigan a special Gate. prosecutor. I, really, you could also I guess name it uh, sign stealing gate if you want, but that seems a little too wordy. This this uh, controversy is going to completely overpower a great rivalry between Michigan and Michigan State. You're going to hear all of the conversation tomorrow morning, whichever one you you fancy, game day or big noon, will be talking about this controversy more than the actual game. And then when we get to game time, this topic is going to be so overpowered by the commentary team while you're watching that game. I think that will happen tomorrow. Then my two in the NFL, we get a game of the backups between Raiders and Bears. Uh, you mentioned the Bears quarterback earlier this week. I Shepherd College, I believe mm-hmm. he played for. Uh, Brian Hoyer on the other side, so that might be fun to watch. I think I don't think either of the starters play on Sunday. I think it'll be a game of backups. And then my last one: we get Lions are legit talk after Sunday. I might Should. be a little premature because with that. I think the the Lions win on Sunday, and I think people are having real conversations if they are one, if not the best team in their conference, and how far into postseason play they can make it. That is my bingo card for the week, Brett. My bingo card, we we share one about the bones, and I I hope it's nice and flattering out there. I don't know why anybody would take a shot at it. Look, if you can't make fun of a pig, Floyd of Rosedale, uh, (laughs) I I think we we got another pig, the bones of barbecue, so so don't, don't knock us. Uh, I control this one, so I know I can get this one in. It's almost a rule from any broadcast crew from a game at Auburn. You have to say loveliest village on the plains, don't you? <laughs> you got to. You that, got that, that's, to. That's, that's kind of a broadcasting rule. Uh-huh. I'll make sure to get it in yes, in the first will. 30 seconds. Uh-huh. If you're playing along at home, you can mark it off. Also, at, at the Alabama-Tennessee game, the cigars and Will, oh, Jenny yeah. Dale, present the box to Saban like she did to Hypo last year. Uh, almost like, 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 like she was a fan, uh-huh. uh, w- with doing that, I, I, that was, um, all but contemptible last huh. year. And the fourth one, this is one I hope during the UAB Memphis game. Never mind the bones. You know what this game should be honored? Who should be honored in this? Who's the that? late, great Gene Bartow. You're absolutely right. I, I hope somebody mentions him during that yes. game tomorrow. Cause UAB would not have football without Gene Bartow. Maybe wouldn't have had basketball either. He sure, started it. And he was the driving force in having football. And we know how loved he is here. Absolutely. I, I would love that. I didn't even think about that, but that is a really, really good one. We'll play along at home. If you've got uh, something you think will happen this weekend, text it in 901-360-8255 so we can also follow along with your bingo card. But let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time for Big Number of the Day. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. 
Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The big number of the day. Well, my big number today is seven, and I was going to make this uh, what I learned today, but then something else, I've learned something else, and so this got bumped, and now I'm going to make my big number of the day, seven. Western Carol or Western Kentucky, I should say, um, they have debuted new helmets for their game Tuesday night versus Liberty. Their mascot, Big Red, will be featured on all of the helmets, but they have seven different decals that will be on the helmets based on the position group, and it's all a picture of Big Red, but he's doing different things in each picture. So, like, for the quarterbacks, all the quarterbacks will have a decal of Big Red throwing a football. For the offensive linemen, they'll have a decal of Big Red in a three-point stance. So, very fun okay. from Western Kentucky. I'm excited to see those decals Tuesday night against Liberty. That's very busy. You you, you mentioned Detroit this weekend on your bingo card, and that's my big number. It's 105.1. No, that's not the classic rock station. It's Jerry Goff's quarterback rating, and wow. there's only two in the NFL higher, Tua Tungavaloa and Brock Purdy. Do you think most people know that? No, That Jerry Goff is third? I don't either. No chance. 11 touchdown passing, only three interceptions. I do think his sack number is a little high. But I think that that line coaching staff, they'd prefer a sack over an interception every time. No, you're absolutely right. At least with that. a sack, you can kick it. You can punt yeah, it. Absolutely. And he's he's been really good this year. I, I think, like you said, I don't think many people would think that just watching NFL uh, games on the weekend. But he has been really, really good. But we got to get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk Arkansas football with Ty Richardson. <laughs> 